now we will take a break to perform O Canada Live in and I. So please enjoy. Oh Canada. Canada. Saskatchewan. Oh Canada. Craft dinner. My home. Tim Hortons. Hey, howdy, hey, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Mike's Monday Jams, the official podcast of music appreciators everywhere. Today we're going to be talking about Red Barchetta by the band Rush. Let's get it. Well, 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 we've got the Monday Jam for Monday, November 13th, 2023. MC and EC here. EC, how we doing? Doing good. Doing good. Friday night record. Woo! Friday night record. It's it's Friday, y'all, but not really. When you hear this, it's probably Monday, so that's fine. Um, But today we're talking about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite bands of all time. Perhaps my favorite band of all time. And that is the Canadian trio Rush. Um, The band originally entered my life um, in um, my my early childhood. Um, Y'all have heard me talk about the iPod era of of songs. That So my dad used to have one of them iPods that would hold like a bajillion, kafillion Frillian songs on it, whatever. You know, them little silver ones. Y- y- y'all know what I'm talking about. You had a scroll with the We've little thing. We've talked about it, yeah. Uh-huh. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, um, a lot of Rush songs were on that iPod, namely like that Greatest Hits compilation and some other some other ones sprinkled in. And so, they, I, I was aware of Rush from a, from a very young age. Um, but my love became... My love for the band really, really started to soar and take off um, as I entered kind of early adolescence, like late middle school. Um, I remember when I was 13, my dad took me to see Rush in Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena um, on the Clockwork Angels tour. Um, had been gifted tickets for the Christmas prior, um, and the show was in May of 2013. Um and I just remember as a kid, like being just so bewildered by what what occurred on the stage, and I was just so taken aback and so like mesmerized. And I just, you're laughing, but I mean, it's it's the, it's the genuine truth. It's sweet. It's just making me giggle. And um, and rush my liking for rush is you know something that I very much um, hold closely, you know, to my relationship with my father. Um, and it, it elicits a lot of good memories for us and just playing air drums and, and singing the songs and, and cranking them up in, in various car rides, um, throughout my childhood. So it's the soundtrack to my childhood. It's awesome music and it it is brutal, brutal and timeless. Um, while Rush is not technically a band anymore, um, their work lives on and, I will never not um, pass up on the chance to listen to them anytime they, they come on shuffle or the radio or anything along those lines. And, and you're you're pretty unique in that you were 
a member of the female species and can at least tolerate Rush. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I do think I'm unique in that way. I don't think that they're designed for women. Designed? Um, I don't think it's for women, but I also grew up in a Rush-centric household, so very aware of Rush and can definitely tolerate Rush and know the words, or at least the sounds that Getty Lee is making um, to a lot of Rush songs. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Yes, the, this is correct. They are. Some might say, you know, you know, dudes might get called chick magnets as a compliment. Um, the Rush can sometimes be described as chick repellents. Yeah. Um, especially their. I would their, not describe them as female centric. No. Um, especially their their early early seventies works. Um, those those albums that came out in the seventies. They're very progressive, very slightly metal, like a little bit more on the heavier side. Um, they were really big into like longer suites in in their um, early Y'all career. Y'all know how I feel about that. Like I'm talking, you know, songs that were the length of an entire side, so north of you know 18 minutes um, that sounds like a living hell but it wasn't but so that's the thing is like as a kid i was just so like i just thought that was so cool like they were telling an entire story over the course of just like one side of the record that either fit like the theme or like the concept of the album like i just remember as a kid being like this is so awesome if someone told you a story in real life that was 18 minutes long you'd be like when is this person gonna shut up <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we encounter a lot of people that go on and on and on and on. 18 minutes is a long time. But this is different because it's not like a a boring storyteller. Like the storyteller... It's an engaging story, but 18 minutes is long. the, The storyteller are three awesome Canadian dudes who are extremely talented at their craft and their instruments and... Shout out Canada! ...and their lyrics. Um, and so Getty and Alex, Getty being the bass player, um, and the main vocalist, Alex being the guitarist and Neil being the drummer, Neil wrote pretty much all the lyrics. He was, um, often said to have read a book a day. How do you feel about that? It's a lot of reading. Uh, the, the entire book a day. Um, he was very, extremely well read and a very intelligent person for only having a high school education. So, um, But perhaps considered one of the best drummers to ever live, period. He, he wrote all the lyrics to the songs pretty much from his joining of the band for their Fly By, now, Fly By Night album um, all the way until the, the band's kind of conclusion and farewell. Um, and Getty and Alex wrote all the, all the music for those wonderful lyrics. But I remember in... Going to see them for the first time, they took like a little set break. So they played like 10 songs, took a little break. And then um, their album that just came out at the time, Clockwork Angels, um, they had like a, an orchestra come out to play the Clockwork Angels songs. And it was kind of cool because they like got it all set up and it was this whole production. But I remember in the set break, like looking over at my dad, just being like, wait, like there's more. But then also <laughs> like we could not hear each other. Like we were talking and like words just were not coming. And it wasn't like loud in a fuzzy way it was just like loud in a in a really good and like pure way like it just felt like we just got hit with a wall of sound for an hour and then it was like wow we get more of this like not being able to hear would scare me 
Well, I mean, exaggeration. It was just like a little muffled. Oh, you know? okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's it's I'm an like, arena. That's really loud. <laughs> it's an arena. People are talking, so it's already kind of hard. Yeah, to hear. yeah. So when you when you throw a, a set on top of that, for sure. Um, but yeah, these songs are are filled with stories that I loved, and I mean, the the song "The Trees" in particular comes to mind. Um, Neil. Uh, wrote essentially a song about two types of trees fighting with one another, um, the maples and the oaks, um, and how the maples formed a union and demand to strike back against the oaks, but at the end, like, the resolution is that all the trees are created equal by hatchet, axe, and saw. So it's kind of like a ooh kind of ending, you know, like man kind of. But it's, it's, it's funny to imagine, like, a bunch of maples getting together and be like, all right, so we're going to form a union, and a hockey team. Right. <laughs> oh, that, that was good. The Maple Leafs. Yeah. Shout out Toronto. Thanks. Canada again. Um, so. Yeah, very. This episode's very Canadian forward. Exactly. We've already hated on the Brits, so I guess we'll at least give love to Cana- uh, Canada. I mean, how could you not? Brian Adams, Shania Twain. Who else is Canadian? Dylan Brooks. Michael Bublé. Michael McBublé. In, in my adult life, I can appreciate Justin Bieber. Sure. Is Usher Canadian or is that that's just? No, just I think Usher's from Houston. Okay, H Town. That's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> he says that in the opening of probably his most famous work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how about yeah. that? Sorry. Shout out Houston. Shout out Usher, aka Justin Bieber's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. So. Now we will take a break to perform O Canada Live, Emma and I. So please enjoy. Oh Canada. Canada. Saskatchewan. Craft dinner. My home. Tim Hortons. The funny looking people from South Park. Yo, the road's closed, eh? Them silly-looking National Park Rangers in their nice red outfits with their funny-brimmed hats. That is the tune of O Canada, because it's 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 America the Beautiful, it's God Save the Queen, it's all the same song. Yeah, but we hope you enjoyed this rendition of O Canada. Um, fun fact about O Canada, um, if you go to a Florida State baseball game, in the middle of the fifth inning, the... Um, hardcore fans of Florida State Baseball, known as the Animals of Section B, will start singing O Canada at every home game in the middle of the fifth inning because it had something to do um, with like some Olympics some year and like it, it came on like during a baseball game and they made some like crazy comeback. Like that's the lore. <laughs> and so they do it every that's time cute. to this day. I love stuff like that. Yeah. So if you're ever at a Florida State Baseball game and you're like, is that O Canada? It, yes. Hell yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, and you should chime in. Um, but thank you for your rendition, Em. Thank you. Thank you'll get you. you'll get some royalties for for singing O Canada. Would you rather have the pressure of singing the national anthem at an event, or like somebody's like random country, like O Canada? I'm not sure I understand the question. So, like, would you if you were given you you had to pick an an a national anthem to sing, but it's to the same event. audience. Like, yeah. I like, think I'd rather sing a different country's national anthem. Exactly, right? That'd be too much pressure to because sing Because most people in the audience... We're talking about an American audience, right? Well, no, we're talking oh, about... Oh, it would be the country... It would be yeah, full yeah, of the people from yeah. the country. Well, 
they're the best one so (laughs) they might be really confused you're in canada they're like why is this memphis girl singing oh canada before this i would surprise them but if i was gonna sing a national anthem i'm not sure what the national anthem of mexico is but i think i'd want to sing that sure Olay. You're funny. Um, so these these songs that that Rush collected over their you know forty forty five plus year career, um, it's it's perhaps one of the most interesting catalogs of of any bands in in my opinion. I mean, we're talking about twenty studio albums in in full, in which you just see the evolution of the band kind of fit like with the signs of the times but also just change and morph and and just be great at what they did like every every single year like year in and year out um and it just like liking the band for me it just felt like it just felt right like i know like all the time like you know we we appreciate music we're we're big time music appreciators but you know, sometimes, sometimes, like, stuff comes and goes for me. I'll get obsessed with one thing, and then, like, I'll kind of fall out with it. And, you know, yeah. maybe a couple months later, I'll listen to some of it. But, or maybe I won't. I don't know. Um, but Rush, like, it just never, like, I hear it. I don't get tired of the it. The constant it's, in your heart. It is a constant in my heart, indeed. Rushing um, through your veins. Correct. Rushes. Yes. Um, but liking Rush just, I think as a kid, just made me feel different because there weren't a lot of kids, a lot of kids <laughs> liking Rush. Um, I think Charlie would agree. Yeah. And it just like, and again, Charlie might agree here, but it just made me feel like smart as a kid because I was listening to these, <laughs> these songs about like, book, you are smart. like books people never heard of and stories and, um, and you were so small and wee. Exactly. I was, it was very small for a long time, but it just made me feel smart and intelligent to listen to these songs with like difficult time signatures and interesting lyrics and, and movements. And it was just a lot to keep up with. And it still is. Every time you listen to a Rush song, it's like, whoa, like there's so much happening, but it's all like so cool and so perfectly crafted. You were such a smart little guy. Yeah, sure. Something like that. Um, so some might say it was like kind of a musical awakening for me. Um, I think it really... I can't describe like the influence of the band on how I listen to music to this day. Like because there are so many intricacies in their work, like hearing all of the stuff from a young age just made me think about music in that way. And so like whenever I hear a song, I feel like I'm very quick to just pick apart all of the parts and all the layers because of my my love and obsession of Rush as a young kid, um, and still to this day. Um, and Getty, Getty Lee, the singer and bassist, um, inspired me to pick up a bass. Um, and we're actually, fun fact, birthday buddies. Um, mm-hmm. got, got the you, same birthday. You, him, and a rock and roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Well, I wish them both a happy birthday every year. But they don't wish me happy. That's fine. That's fine. They're busy. They're busy You're people. You're telling me the rock and roller coasters that wish you happy birthday? No, it's it's busy, you know. It's kind of, it's, really it's, it's running every hour on the hour. And, you know, unless it's broken down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, I have a lot of fond memories with the bands, and I know that my dad agrees. I know listeners of Rush Everywhere agree, especially um, your dad and Charlie as well. Um, but, like, I just remember, 
like going to dig for Rush records around Carrierville, like in, in Sheffields, or like there was that one place on the square, and I was just mm-hmm. like, we'd go, and I just hope there'd be a bunch of Rush records, <laughs> and so a lot of the ones that I have are from those places, and you know, just general eBay and whatnot. And like I loved wearing the merch all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was I was the boy with the rush shirts. Yep, he was the boy with the rush shirts. Um, as as Emma first knew me as before we were truly friends. Yeah, I just knew there he was still a little bit small back then. There's this boy and I was like, He's got these rush shirts on. I told my dad as freshman in high school, I was like, There's this guy in band and he wears rush shirts and my dad said, You should be friends with that kid And now he's like, Whoa crap you're gonna marry him so i guess it gets worked out kid with the rush shirts you know? yeah how about that and you know I've, I've got a one one rush shirt i'll pull out from time to time but um I, at my, my core i'm still the boy with the rush shirts no force um but i was fortunate enough to see them twice before they called it quits um and funnily enough i my dad and i talked about going for a third time and um it just didn't end up happening i I think it was like going to be on some weeknight and it was going to be crazy and what have you. And so I just ended up being like, no, like maybe not. And I regret, I regret saying maybe not. That's why you always got to say yes. That's why you always got to say yes. I mean, going back to what Tommy said, you know, you got to always say yes to everybody. You never know know what might happen. So we probably should go see the Jonas Brothers for a third time. (laughs) Never know what might happen to Joe. (laughs) Got to go both both nights in New Jersey and the last night in Brooklyn, right? Three more times. Yep. Um, but yeah, Getty inspired me to pick up a bass. Um, and after we saw Rush for the second time, my dad got me one for my birthday, and it was like super, super exciting because I was like Cute. learning to finally play a string instrument, and I just wanted to be Getty Lee so bad. Um, but I, I have to say, I really admire him, but I am glad you're different than him. Yeah, I mean, he's quirky. But um, I, yeah. I learned. Um, the first Rush song I learned how to play on bass was Red Barchetta, Today's Monday Jam. And I just remember working hours and hours at it, like trying to develop like the calluses on my fingers because this is not an easy song to play. It was quite the tough undertaking for me um, as a 15-year-old. But I eventually got it. And pretty much any time I pick up a bass in like a music store, I play Red Barchetta like Cute. right away. Um, so I, it's something I still remember how to do to this day, even though I don't really pick up the bass that much anymore. I just, um, more fiddle on the guitars. Um, but, uh, I still, you know, the bass was my, my first love and helped learning guitar a lot easier. And I am going to see Getty Lee, um, today, tonight, um, on, be why it's the Mike's Monday Jam. on his book tour, he released a, he is releasing a second book entitled My and Life, which is a um, memoir um, about like his time with the band, um, some other things in his life and things along uh, those lines. And um, I'm just super pumped because I never thought I'd be able to see any member of Fresh on a stage ever again after we last saw them in 2016, 2015. So pumped about that. And that definitely helps for today's Monday Jams. Um, the album itself, um, Red Barchetta came out on an album called Moving Pictures, which was released in February of 1981. Um, it was by far their greatest commercial success as a band, um, and most successful, um, album of their, their 20 total studio albums. Um, and is often noted as the album that, um, allowed them to do whatever they wanted. So prior to this, like we mentioned, they were a bit more on the heavier side, a little less accessible, um, because they did have these long, grandiose 
musical pieces and stories that were, you know, north of 10 minutes long. And I don't they, think I'd want to access that. They they are awesome. You should. Every time Emma leaves um, the house, like, on a trip or something, I pop on some of that stuff because I know she doesn't want to listen to it. But um, Every time I leave, I'm like, listen to stuff like that. Listen to the dead, the GDGD, you know. Yeah, all the, do all all the stuff. They'll be the like, what am I going to do? I'll be like, um, do that, please. Crank all the stuff she didn't want to listen to. <laughs> Get so, out of your system. Fellas, tips. When your ladies leave the house, crank some stuff they don't want to listen to, <laughs> a.k.a. The Caress of Steel by Rush. So, um, but this album is more in the accessible direction. It you know, has some shorter pieces, more concise lyrics, and um, has more keys involved, um, in which Getty Lee, singer and bassist, he would often do keys, singing, and bass all at once on the stage and in the recording process which is crazy to think about like we've we've talked about you know drummers singing at the same time that's pretty crazy but Geddy lee would literally play the bass play these insane riffs on the bass like he wasn't just playing little quarter notes and whole notes with open strings he would play the keyboards with his feet he had these like foot pedals that were essentially rigged to different chords so he had these, this Moog Taurus setup that was a bunch of pedals that were a, what? a Moog. It's a brand of synthesizer. Moog Taurus sounds like a character in Star Wars. It, it does, a little bit. Um, but the brand of synthesizers, Moog, um, they had this, this device called the Taurus, and it essentially allowed you to rig keyboard chords to different pedals. And so oh. he would sing play these insane riffs on the bass and with his feet control the, the keyboard chords and you can hear that's it that's crazy you can hear it um in the in this song in red barchetta like as he is um singing like more towards the chorus like you can hear him like click on the different like chords and the and the keys but then also like play these insane bass riffs and he's still singing which is mental that's, gymnastics to extreme. No, that's extreme. crazy. I'm good at multitasking with different activities, but I can't do two things at once like that. Like, I can't type and talk at the same time. No. He's doing three. Three <laughs> things at once. crazy. Three. And, look, I mean, go look up any live video of him. You'll see it in action. I mean, it's... it's. It must become, like, to some degree, like, muscle memory that makes you able yeah. to do that. For and sure. so you're putting most of your mental energy into singing. Yes. And the rest of his muscle memory, but, like, that is nuts. So it takes so long to practice to get that muscle memory. Yeah. But, you know, since it was such a commercial success, again, it was the album that kind of allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do moving forward. Because up until then, they had experienced a lot of pressure and critique from the record label. To, from the women. And from the women. Because, like, they had some really great albums before this. Um, they're all great. But, they you know, they weren't, like best-selling falling off the racks kind of things because they were just had these like really long pieces and um were a little bit more on the heavier side but this you know gained some notoriety and allowed them to do whatever but it had three singles their most popular song to the date um tom sawyer um song called limelight which is another fave of ours um that's my favorite if you're a woman out there and you want to listen to rush you'll you'll understand about I would say at least 60% of the words he says in that one. So that's why it's my favorite, because I kind of know what he's saying. Yeah, and it quotes a lot of Shakespeare, which is cool. So you didn't even know that, though. 
And uh, the last single sig- single was Vital Signs, um, which uh, a lyric in Vital Signs was in my um, senior ad, and it posed as my senior quote. So that the lyric we didn't have is senior quotes though. No, but it was like kind of you know it was, I it think was my, an ad. I think my ad like my mom put something from Ferris Bueller on it. Ah, Mommy well. can confirm or deny that. I don't know if I remember what it looked like, but I think it said it had like quote from Ferris. Mm. Well, just which is appropriate. Uh, significant for you, yes. Um, but the the quote from Vital Signs um, was, "Courageous convictions will drag the dream into existence," and that was that was like my senior quote. Shout out to my dad, put that in there, and when I saw it, I was like completely surprised, and I was like, "Oh," and kind of shed a little tear, you know, kind of cool. Shouts out my dad. Shouts out dad. Um, but this song was not a single. It, it would, did not fall in the, the characteristics of the three singles mm-hmm. so that's pretty crazy to me um but i'm I not i'm not too surprised because rush didn't have a, they weren't ironically living in the limelight for most of their career um very very much a cult following um to cult some extent what the cult of men cult of men <laughs> Um, but they retreated to some cabin in ontario to to write the whole thing and then they recorded it in quebec quebec um but the song itself is about a car. It is about a red barchet. Can you believe it? Um, which a barchetta is one of them, like, real boxy, old-looking Ferraris. Um, if you look up a picture, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but it is derived from a short story entitled A Nice Morning Drive by a man named Richard Foster. Um, and Neil, the drummer, tried to meet up with um, Mr. Foster um, to just like talk about his piece and talk about you know he was writing the song and what he thought about it or whatever, and the address he had was not updated, so they never met. But um, until June of two thousand seven, oh. on tour they were and in between stops Neil was able to meet him and they they kind of had a little a little a little fun get together on Charlie about was the, merely about two months story. old. I know, crazy, right? Um, but the song is a dystopian future, depicts a dystopian future in which some cars are illegal. Um, it talks about the motor law. Um, so like some of these like really, really fast cars are illegal and not, not deemed safe for the streets. And so there, the narrator has an uncle who lives, you know, kind of in a rural setting and owns this red barchetta, which is illegal. But he gets to retreat to the countryside to essentially take it out for a spin every once in a while. Um, And so the song basically talks about that, but then all of a sudden in the middle of the song, the cops catch him, the motor law. And so he's chased down by the cops. But eventually makes it back to his uncle's house where they can dream by the fireside and, um, you know, think about more more of their weekly crimes, as the song suggests. Um, if you could make a certain type of car illegal, what car would you make illegal? A Kia Soul. Hands oh, down. that's good. Hamster Mobile. Goodbye. I what about you? Nissan Altima. Nissan Altima. Shoot, man, two forty would be a barren. That's planet. what I'm saying. I've almost gotten taken out by multiple Nissan Altimas before in that, Memphis, Tennessee. Man, that's a quick way to solve the two forty problem. Yep. <laughs> Put an embargo. Especially on if, they, Nissan if they're Altimas running on a Memphis. donut and maybe have some duct tape. Yep. Yep. 
And maybe Nissan some shattered glass and with that, yeah, with the duct tape. Leave a comment on, on the, the gram. What car would you like to outlaw? <laughs> if you've made it this far, we just <laughs> did like one of the email things. So it was like to make sure people are paying attention. Yeah. If you made it this far, then comment the secret word. Yeah, Nissan Altima. But no, tell tell us what car you'd ban in the comments of this post. <laughs> so, but and again, another example of why rest songs are great. Like it tells the story, and you just can be invested from it from the beginning. But the music, I think. For this song in particular, just think, like, it is a, such a nice soundtrack to that story because it really covers, like, you know, maybe the, the start of the drive, the, you know, the, the speeding up, you know, the wind in my hair, this freeing feeling. Um, and then there's a moment in which um, when the guitar solo happens, it's like the car goes into a tunnel um, because the solo was meant to sound like, it's it's being played in a tunnel and the the effects and the pedals that Alex Lifeson used on that is on that solo is it's very very accurate to to that description that's fun but it comes out of the 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 tunnel and then they run into the cops and like the tension builds and then all of a sudden they make it back and now that the song has gone back to red as it has begun and it's a little bit more calm as it fades out and they make it through unscathed, without a ticket, without being booked by the law. So it builds tension perfectly and comes back down so nicely. Um, but it, interestingly enough, goes back and forth with some time signatures of 4-4 four, four, and 3-4. I don't know if you've ever caught that and you're listening, because you're, you're a big time signature gal. I'm pretty good at guessing at uh, identifying time signatures and songs when they are abnormal. That is that is one of your talents. Um, but another thing is just the, the bass guitar in the song, as many Rush songs, it's just so warm-toned and so interesting to, to listen to. Um, Getty used a lot of tube amps, which created that, that kind of warm, um, vibrant sound that you hear on, on these albums. Um, and it's one of those songs where, and a lot of their songs are like this, it's like, you wish you could develop three sets of eyes and three sets of ears to individually like watch and listen to what each band member is doing. And for most people, you're probably thinking like, wow, that's super chaotic. Like what the hell? Like how am I supposed to pay attention to one thing? But it just goes together so nicely. Um, and that's a, a majority of their work, but you just wish you could just hone in on all three of them separately, but at the same time. Um, and so I think that's what, adds to the re-listen ability of their work right because it's always like i'm always noticing new things so fun i don't i don't know if there's any any groups like that out there today um and i would say this song is definitely in the the top 10 for rush songs for me personally it's it's definitely one of my favorites of theirs and always will be because it is it's quite the cool song and um you you should listen to it as well I could be wrong about this. I could be wrong, but I do believe that Red Barchetto is Charlie's favorite Rush song, at least when he was little. Huh. And he would be like, can we listen to Red Barchetto? Because he loved Cars so much. This is a perfect intersection for him. So that was that was why he liked it so much. Which makes total sense for good old Chaz. Mm -hmm. Assorted old tech videos himself. <laughs> and what's your lady take on the song? Um, You know, like I've said, you know, Rush is not designed for women. And I can accept that. Um, I definitely enjoy Rush more than the other bands that I complain about you listening to. So that's something I'm that taking is a into plus. consideration. They, they reign supreme of the Lady Killer bands. Yes, I can definitely, I can very much tolerate Rush. I am not disturbed by Rush. It does not frighten me. Um, 
I just think it. Some of it's it's just very nerdy, which is fine. It is. I, I love your nerdiness. They're I love they're the, the king of the. You. They are the geek gods. Very geeky. Um, so you know, I, I'm I'm not, I like it, and like I said, it reminds me a lot of when Charlie was very small. Um, not very small. That's extreme. But when I was of driving age and he was still um, very young and semi in single digits, either like when he was like nine, ten, eleven, um, I was able I was I was able to drive and we would like go places and I would give him the aux cord and we would listen to Rush, and that's yeah, it was very cute. He was very cute. Um, he's actually cute now. He's a lady killer, but. Um, <laughs> then he was like cute and small and, and he would sing the songs and I'd take videos of him and it was cute because we were dating and, and, or we were like friends and then we were dating and you know, you liked Rush and then it was cute cause like it, it y'all, y'all be cute together, <laughs> but now you're lady killers and y'all are grown up and it's crazy. We're all <laughs> so grown up. But yeah, that's what, that's what, you know, Red Barchetta would make me think of cause he'd be like, can we listen to Red Barchetta? Does it make you think of your number one celebrity crush? Oh, yeah. Um, because Rush is the favorite band of Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd, it, whatever he and, likes, I'm and, down with um, it. Jason Siegel, too. I don't have a crush on Jason Siegel. I know, but they're both, you know, they're bros and they're big crush fans. Oh, okay. So. I mean, I like Jason Siegel, um, but I do, I do have a big crush on Paul Rudd. And um, whatever he's into, I'll be into it, too. Amen. Except Kiss. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, an, another another big fan of of, <laughs> of that band, um, as made evident by the movie Role Models. Uh, last thing I'm about to say about this album cover, um, it so there's there's a, a triple entendre in play here. If you you take a look at um, the album cover of Moving Pictures, you'll see a a crew of, of folks in red jumpsuits um, moving pictures. Um, and to the right on that cover, you will see a, a crowd of folks looking at the pictures, um, clearly um, moved by the pictures, mm. and they appear to be very emotional by staring at these pictures. But then on the back cover, um, you see that, wow, they're, they're on the set of a movie, which is a moving picture. So. Wait till they all watch Harry Potter. They're going to be stunned. Ba, ba, ba. So um, go check that out, because that's cool. What are what's your um, everyday jam for the weekend? Um, so I'm gonna switch up a little bit. I will admit, like I well, actually, I have a couple things to say this week. Number one, um, as we know, this is a podcast dedicated to Mad Season by Matchbox Twenty. I would like to put it out there. <laughs> Damn, I don't know. I don't know. The powers that be. I hope you're listening, because I'm deeply upset about this. I lo- I am a really big fan of Spotify playlists, like. Because I don't like making decisions, so it's nice that Spotify makes the decisions for me. If I want to listen to Matchbox 20, I can go. And I also, like, I don't have a lot of liked songs. Because I just look up the songs I'm listening to and I don't really like them. So, like, I know you can, like, like all the songs you like by an artist and then you can listen to their like songs. But I usually end up going to artists' playlists, like, This Is Matchbox 20. And so I have This Is Matchbox 20s. It's been in my recently played, like, for six months at least. And I would go on there and I would start the playlist by clicking on Mad Season. I would listen to Mad Season. I go to do that the other day. The it's powers gone. that be at Spotify have taken Mad Season off of This is Matchbox 20. And I don't know why because I, I know You've that this makes me a little egotistical. 
I know it's a little egotistical to think, but how have there not been a spike in listens to Mad Season because of me? So, number one, that's upsetting. So, that can't be my everyday jam because I can't listen to it enough because it's off the playlist. Now I have to actually look it up. Number two thing to think about. Um, I am still listening to Jonas Brothers every day. So, we're, we're going to move the Jonas Brothers into the Mad Season category of it's gone past... Being the everyday jam. So my everyday jam today, because I have been listening, I have listened to it multiple times today because it's been in my head all day, is The Spins by Mac Miller. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Tommy. Uh, hi. Want to get a mansion, a jacuzzi, a theater to watch my movies, couple whips and lots of fancy things, the kids they call the goonies. I see the future, crystal ball, mirror, mirror hanging on the wall, who the flies, white boy, you the mall, got your girlfriend screening on and how about some major and minor chords? Um, my minor chord is that you're on call right now because I feel like we could be doing something fun, but alas, you're on call. Not that this isn't fun, but it's even more. She fun. said this podcast sucks. I'm sorry. I, I didn't hate mean doing that. this. I don't want to do That's it. It's not true. I didn't mean that. That's not what I meant. I just meant, you know, we could have gone out to dinner or something. Yeah. Instead, um, we had Panera. We had Panera on a Friday night. Um, <laughs> Which my, is everybody's Friday night dream. Yeah. My major chord is not to gloat, babe, but I am going to Disney World this week. That you are. So it's very exciting. I'm going down to see my best friend, Lauren, because she lives in Daytona Beach. And we're going to go because I can get into Disney for free. So I'm just trying to take advantage of it. And there's very cheap flights. Um, so we're gonna go just going to um, for two days to two parks um, and then coming back but it'll be really fun shout out Lauren Beck my minor chord is I went to the dentist this past week um, and I you know I was just gonna try and make it work with the childhood dentist back home um, but they That's are hard, no. no not like child's dentist like dentist from my childhood oh, I know. up until um, I thought you were thinking, like, no, I'm not going back to the, like, kid dentist and getting a toy. No, I was like, it just doesn't make sense for you to go to a dentist It doesn't, but I was trying to make it work, <laughs> um, because they're really nice people, and, like, they know my family pretty well, and, um, so it was really tragic to have to call them and cancel the appointment, because we won't, we won't fly back home in time before they close for the holidays. Um, so I had to find a new dentist up here, which, shout out to my boss for recommending me a great one, um, but my hygienist very old school um she was a hygienist in the air force so i should have known i would known i was in trouble from the start because she was going out my teeth did she like leave the tools in your mouth when she wasn't using them thank god no but i thought she might I that's worried. my biggest pet peeve at the dentist when they're too like i'd rather you sit it on my shirt yeah but it's, like when they lo- put it in your mouth yeah no i'm like ridiculous. you have a stand for it yeah, and they'll ridiculous. leave it in your mouth i know that they do that like with the suction thing like i get what but i'm talking like a tool that they're yeah. like i might come back to that one yeah. <laughs> like leave it sitting in your mouth but i mean it she was epitome of those memes where it's like oh your gums are bleeding and it's like yeah because you shot me in the face <laughs> like that like you were going <laughs> at it like of course i bled any normal human would bleed you dug a hole into them <laughs> right so that was not fun 
Um, and I can vouch for Mike's dental hygiene. Yeah, I mean, I had a good report. He is a brusher and an aggressive flosser, so that yeah. man does not have gingivitis. Nope. Um, but major chord, we have cake this week. We um, we um, officially booked, oh. booked the cake for our wedding. We, we have sure cake. Did. So. I was like, we don't have any cake, no. babe. We have cake. We have some ice cream. No, we have cake. Yeah, no, very exciting. We booked the cake. Got a very pretty wedding cake and fun cupcakes, and got Mike a secret groom's cake, which I think he'll really like. Woo! And very exciting. Fun. Um, so looking forward to eating that cake because we had samples and it was delicious. <laughs> Some might even say scrumptious. <laughs> um, and last but not least, here are some honorable mentions for this week. Um, coming at you live from another Rush track um, that is more on the accessible side um, from the 80s era of a little bit more poppy and synthesizers and keyboards. Um, go listen to Mystic Rhythms from their Power Windows album. mention number two comes from a new album release from one of our faves cody johnson um he had a wonderful partnership with kicks and ronnie <laughs> yes we're referring to brooks and Dunn, another one of our faves. oh we're on first name basis with them for sure we sure are um but listen to long live country music Last but not least, I was fortunate enough to see one of my favorite groups this past week. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Tool. Um, Emma did not join me. Um, she I, she was no, really I'm gonna bummed go, out. I'm gonna, well, he's saying this in past tense to try to uh, not break the fourth wall, but we already told you we're recording on a Friday and he's going tomorrow. Um, no, I'll... <laughs> Damn, I'll, call me. No, I'll be experiencing uh, Christmas in New York. You can experience Tool at the casino. Yeah, Have but fun. she's really jealous. Let, let I'm it, sure you can hear how jealous I am. Let it be on record. Emma is sad she's not coming. But um, I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm pumped. It, it'll be a great time. Um, so go listen to Cold and Ugly from their first EP. That will do it for this week. Okay. Enjoy listening to some Rush. Enjoy. Rush to the Rush. Rush. Pl- drop everything. Drop everything. Rush. Don't walk. <laughs> to the Rush. Um, and marvel at um, the musicianship of these three Canadian individuals. Have a fantastic week. You know, maybe eat some craft dinner while you're, which sounds disgusting, but you should do it anyway. I thought it's craft mac and cheese. With ketchup all in it. I thought that was an add-on to the craft dinner. No, no. Craft dinner is, oh as my the God. Canadians know. We didn't know. bring up one of our favorite Canadians. Some of them. The Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, yeah, for sure. They talk about craft dinner. Oh, and shout out Kevin Doran. Um, <laughs> one, one of my good buddies from the... Um, from Cody Cole. Yeah, uh-huh. So, other Canadians. Shout but, out Canada. But yeah. Brandy Cole. Um, 
enjoy um, this week, and we shall see you next time. Bye.